welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Again, my name is Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. And one thing I wanted to do in this episode was kind of go all the way back to episode number two and do a 2.0 on what we call the circle talk. And if I was to probably point to any episode in the Wealthy Homes podcast for people to go and enjoy and get some great information, this is the number one podcast that I would point them to. So now I'm going to make a 2.0, especially now that we're coming up on 50 episodes, guys. 50 episodes. So it's almost been a year since we launched the podcast. And I'm just so happy that you guys continue to, to show up and tune in each and every week. I'm just so thankful for all the viewers that come and then the future viewers that will hear this great podcast. So again, the circle talk. And, and for those who haven't heard it, again, this is the foundation for investing. Every time I meet with a new client, or a younger client, or a client that's new to investing, I will often run through this with them and go through basically what I call the circle talk. And what I do is I just draw on a piece of paper or there's a whiteboard or something like that. Sometimes in a Zoom, I'll have a presentation, but it's basically, I just draw three circles and I just label them as the three pillars of money. And the first pillar is the bank and savings. The middle circle I label as investments. And then the third is an insurance. Usually when I draw those three circles, I'll point to the investments and say, look, we're going to spend most likely 90 to 95% of our relationship being an advisor and client on investments. We'll be talking about markets and the things that we want to do when it comes to retirement planning and the different bits and pieces when it comes to financial planning and the things that we can plug in when it comes to taxes and estate planning. But there's these other two major pillars that are really, really important and almost so important that we need to have those before we start talking about investments. And that's why I bring this up. So usually this is when I'll dive into the bank and savings portion. So that is the first circle. The bank and savings, and the first thing I go over is a, what's called an emergency fund. This is three to six months of expenses. This is one of the most important things and one of the first baby steps. If you go to the Dave Ramsey, it's actually baby step number three. And making sure that you have this emergency fund set in place because emergencies do happen, whether, especially if you're younger. These things are going to come up. The washer is going to go out, the transmission or something will go out in the car. You're going to need some surplus of cash available to you to be able to spend it on these things. An emergency fund isn't going to be your spring break vacation. This is things that just come out of nowhere that you weren't really planning on in the budget month to month, and it just comes up. That's an emergency fund. An emergency fund, again, is three to six months of expenses. So in order to get that, you need to know what your monthly expenses are. And usually this is when I'll pull out a budget or I'll point them to a budget and make sure that they go through that. Go through a monthly budget to see what are my needs when it comes to my income. A couple of needs that I'll just throw out there just so you don't miss them. This would be, of course, your mortgage or your rent payment. This would be your 
utilities, if you own a home, these would be the utilities that you're often paying and you can average these out pretty easily. You can go online or you can look at your monthly bills and just say, okay, on average, how much am I paying per month? This will also be, if you have a car payment, this will be a car insurance. This will be often some type of utility bill like your phone service, like your cell phone. These are just those payments that you know that are coming in each and every month that just allow you to function as a human being. Now, what's not included in this would be like your Amazon account or your Netflix bill or just those ancillary things that are really nice to have and, and sometimes convenient, but it's not necessary for you to need that. So again, we're going back to the needs like, and I often give the example is like if you lost an income or you lost your job, what's the bare minimum? What, what are your needs that you just know month in, month out, these are the things that are going to come in regardless. Those are your needs. So again, three to six months. And if you don't even have one month of that, let's start hammering down to get that one month of expenses and then just continue to build to the three to six months. And often when you have that budget in place, if you go through and you have an emergency and you have to use that emergency fund, it's pretty easy then to start, okay, we got to start putting money back into that emergency fund and replenish that. Now, the next on the list when it comes to the bank and savings is you're going to be your big purchases or the purchases that you know are coming up. This could be a new car. This could be a down payment on a house. This could be a home renovation of some kind, whether you're adding on or just completely renovating your kitchen or bathroom or something like that. Again, this is something that you know is going to happen. You're planning on it. This isn't something you just on a whim, you went through Menards and just said, hey, we're going to buy new flooring today. We're just going to pay for it. No, this is things that you're going to be planning for and that you want in your bank and savings. These are things that you do not want to take any kind of market risk. Again, these are things that are most likely going to be happening within 12 months. And another one you can throw in there too is going to be your vacations. If you have a spring break that's coming up in a couple of months, just making sure that you're putting some money away into that, into that bucket and making sure that that's something that you plan for. It's not something that you just do and put on your credit card and then you just try to turn around and pay it off, which if you didn't do some planning and don't have it in your budget to pay it off, that's often when you start running into some kind of debt. So again, just making sure that you're setting aside this money that we're not, again, putting it into the investment market. Um, and I'll get into this a little bit more, but it's just a, another safety net for you. Now, this is when I'll move usually to that third circle, which is going to be the insurance. This is not the fun circle. This isn't the one that's not fun to talk about. It's often that expense that you're like, you just cringe wanting to pay it because it, you just don't see yourself using it or wanting to use it, or it's always a headache to use, but it's very, very important to make sure that you have this insurance in place. And one of the first ones that I'll go over and is, is your property and casualty insurance, which if you don't know what that means, it's just your homeowners, your renter's insurance, and your car insurance. Those are the kind of things that get lumped in. If you think of your state farm, your all state auto owners, those that's your PNC insurance. This is insurance that you likely have to have by law. So making sure that you have this insurance in place and proper coverage. Now, I'm not somebody that's going to go through your PNC coverage and tell you if your HO3 policy is enough. That's not my place. That is where I will often say, hey, do you have an agent? Do you have a good agent that's met with you, that's gone over your different policy and making sure that this policy is tailored towards you 
and not just something that you just applied for online. The next insurance that I bring up is going to be your life insurance. And again, this is another another insurance that's not fun to talk about. Uh, it's not even fun to, to even go down that road of, okay, what happens if my spouse passed or my kid passed? These are things that you just really want to put in the back of your brain and never think about. But it's very, very important to have in place, especially as a young adult, just because you have these liabilities like a car payment and a home payment or you have the income need, and that's the biggest thing that we're looking at, whether you're the primary earner in your family, or you are the stay-at-home parent, or you are both working, making sure that you have a proper coverage in place to be able to replace that income, but then also those liabilities to lessen the income need, and then just other things that you need to plan for. You need to plan for the funeral. You need to plan for paying off education expenses that are going to be in the future for your kids. Those are all things that you can lump in to your life insurance need and then make sure that you have the proper coverage in place to be able to cover that need. Now, again, this is term insurance. I do not go over whole life or universal life. I'm generally against that. There's some very minute or specific circumstances where that type of insurance works, but that's often for more of estate planning purposes for people that are a little bit older in life. This is not for somebody who's younger. Term insurance is broken down to just pure insurance. It's only covering you for a specific period of time. This term insurance will often be 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and then even to 35, 40 years for some carriers. So dependent on How long your time period that you need insurance for is how long you'll buy that term policy. And generally, I try to do this up until your retirement date. So once we start talking about retirement planning and investments, we can start kind of figuring out what that date looks like. If it's 60, great. We'll plan for term insurance till 60. If it's 65, great. We'll plan till age 65. It's a 55, great. But we'll want to make sure that that term insurance is covering you for that period of time. And this is the cheapest life insurance that you can buy. And often, if you are pretty healthy and don't have any pre-existing conditions, this is something that we can get coverage for you very, very quickly and sometimes without even a health exam, which is great. But again, just for an example, I'll throw out some numbers. This is just, again, me throwing out just random numbers just from experience. If you're like 25 looking for about 30 years of coverage, for about 100000 you're talking about 15 bucks. So for every 100000 you can kind of multiply that out depending on how much you need. And again, that's a little bit more on the high side. It would probably be more of your standard. But if you're preferred or super preferred, which would be like, you're very healthy. If you went to the doctor and you're on that higher quartile for your weight, your body weight, and maybe some of the the blood work that comes back, this would be even cheaper than that. And it kind of depends too on on that period of of term. If you the smaller the term, they're insuring you for less time, so that is going to be less of a cost to you. Now, the longer the term, that's going to be a little bit more expensive, but in general, it's very cheap for the amount of coverage that you can get. And, and for most people who are in a, just an average working job, an average couple, you're probably looking north of $500,000 of insurance needs. So just know that and just a simple calculation, usually 10 to 15 times your income, more on the 15 times, especially if you're younger. And then over time, the whole goal is if you're 
contributing to your 401k and your IRAs and all these investments and paying down your home, paying off your debts, your insurance need is going to go down over your lifetime. So again, ideally is once you get to retirement age, your need for life insurance should be very minimal other than maybe estate planning purposes. One thing to add too, because this is probably one of the most common questions that I get is I have the ability to buy this term insurance through my work. Should I buy it through my work or should I buy it outside of my work? Now I'll tell you, buying it through most employer plans, it's going to be generally cheaper. It's just because as you're getting lumped in with your whole entire workforce, especially the bigger the, the place that you work, the cheaper that that insurance is going to be. And the worst part about that benefit is that it sticks with your job. And most people on average now, especially as a younger person, are only working a certain career job or at a specific workplace for five years. So every five years, you're going to have to jump from one workplace plan to the next. And then you just hope that next job that you are taking has that benefit for you. So you are saving, but it's often not worth that, especially that break in period where, hey, you had four weeks between jobs. And if you just happen to pass away during that four week period, you're not covered. Uh, another thing is too, if you have uh, pre-existing conditions where maybe you move a job at age 45, but you just found out you had cancer or diabetes or some kind of illness, that could make you not be eligible for life insurance, especially if you went out onto the marketplace to buy that. And so sometimes what we can do, especially if you're working on a little bit more limited budget, is we can do a portion of your insurance need through your workplace, and then the rest we can buy outside of the of the workplace. And again, you're just guaranteeing coverage for the time period that you are going to need it. Where with when you're with a workplace plan, they could always cut that benefit. They could always, if you move jobs, again, you can lose that benefit if you're moving jobs and they just don't have that benefit going forward. So just something to think about. So the next insurance that I would go over would be your disability insurance. This is probably the least covered thing that we talk about when it comes to you know, the average married couple. Sometimes they'll have it through their work and this would be like a short-term disability versus long-term. Short-term disability I, for most circumstances is not needed, especially if you have that emergency fund built up the, the three to six months of expenses. That's really going to cover you for most short-term disabilities. It's the long-term disabilities that I'm more worried about. And by statistics, you're much, much likelier to need a disability insurance policy than you will for a, a life insurance policy. Now, obviously, there are very dramatic differences. One's you're alive, one's you're not. But the disability is super, super important. You think of you slip on an ice and you tear your rotator cuff and it just doesn't allow you to be able to work. You have to lift things. Well, you're going to need a disability policy for that until you get to rehab and, and you're not back to work for over a year. This could be more of a permanent thing. You cut your uh, thumb during your treehouse project with your son and you're a surgeon. You need your hand to be able to, to be able to do surgeries. So that would be more of an issue for a permanent disability policy and, and that will help cover a portion of your income. Again, this is probably the least covered insurance that we talk about, but it's super, super important. One of the last ones, and this is generally for the older people, and this would be long-term care. 
And I'll kind of tie that into Medicare. Again, this is Medicare is over age 65, but long-term care is in there as well for those people that are getting closer to retirement. Another one that we'll often talk about usually more down the road is health insurance, just making sure that you have proper coverage. And especially as a younger couple, you're having kids, you're taking kids to the hospital or the emergency room, it's really important to have the proper health insurance coverage in place. And a lot of the time, this is just going through your employer plan and just seeing what is offered through them. If not, you can go through the marketplace and we can help walk you through that as well. So those are the two main money pillars besides investments. And usually at this time is when I draw like a little net or a safety net below the investment circle, which is in the middle. And both of these pillars are so important because they create that safety net for the investments. If you don't have proper coverage and insurance or you don't have the emergency fund, where do you think you're going to go for the money? You're going to go to the investments and you're going to purge those investments and it's going to really hurt your retirement plan because you didn't have these other things in place. So usually I don't have a quote unquote baby steps kind of like Dave Ramsey does, but these are the things that I want to talk about before we start talking about investments because they are so, so important. And then once we feel like we've gotten these things taken care of, now let's go dive headfirst right into retirement planning and start really going into investing and starting to build wealth. If you have any questions on that, of course, of course, please reach out to me. My email is cbowserman at hirep.net, or you can give our office or text our office at 269-978-6000. Or if you just have like a simple question that you want to kind of be anonymous, then you can just go in and go to our type form link, which is in my social media links or online on our website at preferredfinancialgrouppfg.com. Or again, those links in my social medias, which is Facebook and LinkedIn. You can click on that link tree and it's one of the first links there. You can type on that and you just can simply add in your questions and then you can tune in to future episodes of the Wealthy Homes podcast. And I will answer those podcasts live. And again, you're completely anonymous. I do not know who you are. All right. That's it. That's the Circle Talk 2.0. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch us in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.